listening to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. When I'm looking at somebody else and thinking it must be nice and their life's so great and mine's terrible, I'm dishonoring the life that has been given to me, number one. And number two, Christ loves her, and so I should love her. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, I am so glad that you are joining us for this last episode in our Flipside series here on the podcast. And you know, it has been so much fun hearing from our friends and how they choose to see the flip side of the special needs life. Now, remember, you can still download the flip side study that goes along with this podcast series that we've been doing for free on the Rising Above website for the rest of this month. So be sure to check that out. We'll have a link in the show notes for you for that. Today, I am joined by the Take Heart Moms, Sarah Klein, Carrie Holt, and Amy Brown. And we're talking about how to flip the script by avoiding the comparison trap. And we had such a great conversation and I know you're going to be so encouraged by what they had to say. Hey friends, thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to have the Take Heart Special Moms back on the podcast today. We have Sarah Klein, Carrie Holt, and Amy Brown with us today. And I am so glad to see you friends. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks. Well, you know, we're continuing on with our Flipside series. This is actually our last episode in this series. And we're going to be looking at something that I think is such a big thing for so many special needs parents, number one right here, but is the comparison trap and how we as special needs parents, you know, how easy it is to get caught um, comparing our life to other people's lives, especially people outside of the special needs community and um, even sometimes in the special needs community. But, you know, there's that saying that comparison is the thief of joy. And um, I know that's true in my life. How about you guys? Have you found that comparison is the thief of joy in your life? Oh, definitely. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so we're going to be digging into that a little bit in this episode. And so I'm just grateful to have this conversation with you very wise women who have been through lots and you're, I love the look there. Sarah's like, eh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe Might not. Be pushing it, but yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure. <laughs> seasoned, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seasoned, seasoned is, yeah. I, that that's of me too. You know, you've been on this when you've been on this journey a while. You kind of become seasoned, so that's good. So, I would love to hear if you have a story from your own journey as a special needs mom where you have learned to see the flip side and something that maybe the world would look at and go, "Oh, how that's so hard. How do you do that?" But you've been able to see the blessing in that, and you've been able to see it through a godly perspective. So, Sarah, do you have a story, something from your journey where you have learned to see the flip side? Yeah, I think for me, it is. So my son, TJ, has a progressive and terminal form of muscular dystrophy called Duchenne. And we learned very early on, even though we were comparing to other people, we're like, I, you know, my son's not going to be able to, is he going to be able to get married? Is he going to be able to have children? Is he going to even get a driver's license? And all of the things, what, what will we be missing out on? Um, we realized we were missing out on the now um, mm-hmm. by worrying about the future and yeah. what other people had that are they get to do. They get to go to dances. They get to do this. They, and my son just doesn't do that. Um, and we were missing out on all the joys now. So one of the things, the flip side for us is that we have learned by force almost that we have to make today count. Mm-hmm. And there is just absolutely no, and and we know that even as even as Christians, we know that we are not promised today. Nobody is promised today. Nobody's promised the next minute. But you you tend to take that for granted, and we get to live every day not taking that to granted, mm-hmm. taking that for granted. And even I have to remind myself that sometimes I have to say, you know what, I don't have to do these dishes. I can go for a walk mm-hmm. with him. I can go and lay down and play whatever game he wants to play, even though I don't want to, but I get to spend that time with him and that's bled over into my marriage and my, my relationship with my oldest son. And another thing is we get to see the good in humanity 
Everybody, mm-hmm. we're very fortunate that the community has stepped up. Our church has stepped up. I don't know how we would do it without them. And we get to see, even in an airport, you know, my son loves the military and was watching mm-hmm. one of the um, honor flights. And one of the soldiers took note and came over and started a conversation. And we've pen palled with him since then. And it was just a complete stranger at the moment. So we get to have those moments that people don't get to have. Mm, I love that, Sarah. And just, you know, not everybody would see that, but that you've been able to change that perspective and see it through that lens of we've got today and let's do today and do it well. So love that. What about you, Carrie? So probably one of the things where we've been able to see the flip side is my son has spina bifida. It's the most common permanently disabling birth defect in the United States. And I always say we took the road less traveled because he ended up with a trach ventilator and a feeding tube. And it's honestly been one of the areas where I've struggled with comparison and, you know, almost where it sounds silly, but you're like, God, why can't I just have regular spina bifida in my life and not all these extra medically complex things? But what's interesting is, you know, when you've spent a lot of time in the hospital, which we have, when you've watched your child almost die, which we've had, we have, you, this is going to, this might sound silly, but I feel like we have a certain credibility with people when Mm -hmm. you can look at someone and say, I get it. And you, there's just a certain empathy when other people have gone through hard things and it might not be the exact same situation, but it's also opened up doors for, I started a Facebook group specifically for spina bifida with trachs and ventilators because it's a rare, it's a rare population of kids and adults that have this and being able to come alongside other moms and say, I get this how can I help? How can I encourage you? I, there's just so much meaning and purpose that that's been the flip side, the days that I kind of rant against it and, you know, Mm -hmm. rail against this, sometimes what feels like unfair circumstances and situations. I try to see that flip side of Mm. how people go, okay, you've been through some hard things. Let me, I'm willing to open up and be vulnerable with you because you've experienced difficulties. Yeah, and that makes all the difference to that person that you're trying to speak into and and you know share truth with. Uh, that they know you have been through this, you have struggled, and, and things maybe they haven't struggled with, yeah. but that you've you've gone through. And so, like you said, it gives you cred. You know, you get the credibility of going, well, yeah, she really does get it and really does understand. Yeah. So, so true, Amy. What about you? Well, I was thinking about this question and. Sarah made the comment, we get to see the goodness of humanity. And I am a mother of kids with invisible disabilities, mm-hmm. attachment disorder, mental illness, trauma, um, fetal alcohol. So we don't always get to see the goodness because our kids look typical. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about that a little bit. We talked about that, Becky, before we got on. And there's a lot of grief in that kind of parenting because our kids don't attach to us and they push against us. And what I would say is the thing that has been the flip side for us is the remaining relationships in the family are really close and very Mm -hmm. valued. And because we don't always see the goodness, because people don't understand our kids have disabilities, we get to be the goodness because all my kids, my bio kids, and people that are close to our family understand there's more going on um, behind the tantrum and the behavior. Mm. So... First of all, I would say that we so value our relationships in this family and our relationships with other people, but also this experience has enabled us to show grace Mm -hmm. to other kids. My oldest son, he's a teacher on the South side of Chicago and his kids come from trauma and he lived with trauma. So he Mm -hmm. understands he has a better, it gives us a fuller understanding of what other families may be going through. And from the moms I talk to that have kids with invisible disability, they just feel so alone because all people see is behavior. So mm. I would say that just, I'm really grateful. There's a lack of relationship with these children, but there's such a depth. I think it makes you hold on to the other relationships mm. all the more. And there's a really, we have really deep relationships that we appreciate um, 
with the rest of our family. And I think that um, feeds us and it allows us to be able to um, reach out to these kids that don't want to relate to us, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah, so good. And how you've learned to have gratitude in that. That's one of the things that we talked about in one of the other episodes was about the power of gratitude Mm -hmm. on this journey and that when we can stop and find the things that we can be grateful for, yeah, it doesn't take away the hard. It doesn't mean that, you know, that, that those things are not there. But, you know, when we can flip it, then, you know, our whole attitude shifts and then it impacts everybody around us. Um, you know, I, when I look back to my early days on this journey, young mom, you know, everywhere I looked, they were comp- I'm comparing my son to everyone else, you know, especially the the friend group that I had, you know, we had kids all at the same time. We tried to do play group early on together, but, you know, that just didn't work for very long because my son just couldn't do the same things that they could. And it broke my heart, you know, every time that we got together, you know, and I think early on, those comparisons are such a big deal. Now, I'm really grateful because Facebook really wasn't a thing when Mm -hmm. I was a young mom. Facebook and Instagram, not really a thing when I was a young mom. And I am so grateful for that because I think it would have just made it so much worse. But I know how I felt in those moments, just the grief and the sadness that would come along when I was comparing my son to my friend's kids. And so what about you guys? What happens to you? Do you remember? I mean, and maybe it's more so early on in your parenting. Maybe it's not as profound now. But, you know, what happens to you when you get caught in the comparison trap? I think when you compare, you are focusing on the perception and not the reality. We've always mm. heard perception is reality. Um, and I think it's true in that that case. So if you're always comparing yourself to something else or someone else or someone else's circumstances, that becomes your reality where it's, I'm less than, or my family's mm-hmm. less than, or we're never going to catch up. So it, in, instead, we try to focus on God's plan instead. So mm-hmm. all the blessings given are the plan mm-hmm. for our life. And even if we, to this day, I have, I really think it, I cannot wait until I get to heaven and just say, so what was that all about? <laughs> Can you explain the last decade or so? But I I just, I, bla- I believe that the comparison trap is more about our desires than God's will. Mm. Oh, and that's yeah. where we get stuck in that loop. Ooh, that's good, Sarah. Good. And I, I think Sarah kind of said something of how, what I was thinking about is a lot of times it just makes me feel like, especially in the early days, you know, when they're not reaching certain milestones and, you know, my son's paralyzed from the waist down. So there was just, there were so many things he, and even some milestones, I hated filling out those like ASQ questionnaires for school and, you know, different things where it's like, when did your child learn how to walk? Well, the answer is never, you know, and, but what I would focus on when I was comparing is how I wasn't enough. And I'm not doing enough therapy. I can't, I'm not doing enough to fix my child. And I think that is sometimes, it's just rooted in maybe a little bit of pride of when my kids are doing well and they're reaching milestones, I've done something really well and it's because of me. But then when they're not reaching those things or not doing those things like other kids are, it's the blame is all on me. And I had a friend say to me one time, we can't take all the credit when our kids are succeeding in life, just like we can't take all the blame when they're maybe not succeeding. And that has really stuck with me. But mm. and I yeah. think it's hard for the medical, like if you have, if you're a medical mom, you have medically complex children, you're constantly hearing they're not thriving. I don't, I don't think they say that term anymore. Maybe they do. Um, at least my doctor stopped saying that. Um, but you're constantly, cause you're in the hospital all the time. You're in doctor's appointments all the time. And it's, well, they're not doing this and they're not doing that. And they're not doing this. And fortunately we found a team that doesn't say it that way, but it's really hard at the beginning when you're thinking, well, I know, I know. And you're trying to talk yourself out mm-hmm. of it. Um, of not getting that comparison, but 
you're forced in that position. And it's the mm-hmm. comparison that shows, well, he's below average on this chart or he's, it, it's, it's always something. And mm-hmm. so it's really difficult not to get, you know, I don't want it to sound like it's easy not to get caught in it. I still do. We just <laughs> had appointments last week and yeah. it still gets, mm-hmm. you just have to remind, I, at least I have to remind myself. Mm-hmm. Well, and what do you remind yourself of Sarah, when you get in that state, what do you remind yourself of? I will tell myself if I, especially if I have a doctor that's mm-hmm. um, not on the same same wavelength as mm-hmm. me, I will I will tell myself they don't they don't have the big picture. I don't have the picture, mm-hmm. and I, they sure don't have the big picture. Yeah. And my child is thriving in ways that you can't measure. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think that's the thing. So often people you will look at our families or I'll tell you, I will look at someone else's family and I don't see the full picture in them. All I see is this little snapshot. And there was there was a time I remember, this was John Alex was maybe eight or nine years old and we went to the dentist. And I don't know about you guys, but dentist is the most traumatic thing for all of us, you know, to go through. And so we had just had a just so stressful appointment and I come out with him and I'm in tears. He's in tears. We get in the car and I'm just like, you know, trying to catch my breath. And this lady pulls in this really nice car and she gets out and she goes over and she gets her cute little girl with a, you know, cute little dress on. And I remember thinking in my mind, I thought, you have no idea what mm-hmm. we've just been been through and how hard this is. And that's what's running through my head. And ju- I'm judging her based on her cute little girl when all of a sudden, she goes to her trunk and she pulls out this little tiny child size walker and she goes to the other side and she gets her son out of the car. And boy, that, you know, the conviction <laughs> fell on me. I mean, it was like you are judging her based on part of her story and part of her picture when you don't, you know, I have no clue what her life is like, but it's often we look and think people have no idea how hard it is, you know, when we're comparing. So do you have a story like that? Do you have a story where you got caught in the comparison trap and kind of how you responded and, and what that was like for you? Um, I'll, I'll go. Uh, I don't struggle with it as much because I've been a mom a long time, but the main place to go to struggle with it is Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was on Facebook. Oh, it's the summer. And I saw a picture of a good friend of mine with her daughter, same age as my daughter. And the do- the child was kind of leaning into her mom, like this cozy, cozy. And I, it, that picture gutted me. I mean, just for some reason, because my child, you know, she pushes me away. And what I, the trap I got into was letting that picture color. Like I started, I kept looking at it. And then it wasn't just like everything in my life was terrible. It just kept like, it just like, you know, just kept going. And I thought to myself, you know, Amy, you've totally missed the beauty of this picture Mm. and the fact that your friend has this relationship with their daughter. And I know this friend has issues in her life that we don't see on Instagram. So it's not like her life is perfect, but I think what, what, what gets me in when I fall into the trap is when I notice number one, that I have unmet expectation. I have an expectation that hasn't mm, been met. Yeah. And I don't know how to, um, I don't take the time to like think through that and say, wait a minute, this, un- this is just an expectation. You, you had an expectation of how this would look. doesn't look that way, but that doesn't mean all is lost. A mm. <laughs> and B also when I start to get kind of resentful about things, that is my first clue. Like, mm. okay, something's off in your soul yeah. that you are, you know, saying things like, it must be nice. This person can go on vacation <laughs> or like when I start getting that kind of talk yeah. for me, I know that it's time for me to take a break from social media mm-hmm. and also look for the ways, not only that I can be grateful because sometimes that's hard, yeah, but be grateful for the person I'm quote unquote jealous of. Like I know mm-hmm. this person's been through a hard thing and look, they got to go on this vacation and they got to have their daughter stand next to them. And I'm not saying that's easy, but that is kind of how I have to like mm-hmm. flip it in my mind because yeah. we know what we see on Instagram is not mm-hmm. the whole story ever. Yeah. And I agree with you, Becky. I did not grow up. My kids, um, I was not a Facebook Instagram mom because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have a kid that's 30. So that was even right. around when he was a baby. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know that is same here. It's like, oh my goodness. So thankful that that was not part of our story because, mm-hmm. uh 
That would have been so hard in those early days. Mm-hmm. And But I love, you know, Amy, what you were saying. It's like you have to be intentional about it. You're intentional and you have a choice and you're choosing when you when you catch that red flag, you know, it's like, oh, wait a minute. You're being intentional to make the choice to flip it and using gratitude or using whatever, you know, to help you flip that. So, right. so good. Carrie, what about you? I know recently the time where I find myself in a comparison trap the most is when I hear stories about moms who are pregnant, who, cause I had a prenatal diagnosis. When I hear about moms who are pregnant and they get maybe a prenatal diagnosis and then whether the ultrasound was incorrect or God did this miraculous healing upon birth mm-hmm. recently in the last year, there was a story kind of going around our Christian community about a really premature baby that was born and everyone was praying for this baby and he's doing really, really well. And I could feel this pity party starting Mm -hmm. because my son didn't experience that ultimate healing. And I think sometimes the church doesn't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard place to sit in because the stories of the healing are the stories books get written about and movies mm-hmm. get made and screenplays mm-hmm. are written. And I can definitely sink just into this, but that's not my story. My kid's not healthy. So now what? And mm-hmm. just that pity of, you know, God doesn't love me. You start, all those doubts start flooding in. Like mm-hmm. God doesn't love me the way he loves them. Or maybe my faith is there. Maybe I haven't done something right. And just learning that, our stories are different. Like Sarah said, like we don't know necessarily all the reasons or God's plan, but I just always say, I got to stay in my own lane because this is mm-hmm. our own path. This mm-hmm. is my own race with, you know, my son, our family, and we just have to keep trusting God that his plan is mm-hmm. greater than my own. Yeah. Mm. Sarah, what about you? Do you, I'm sure you never get caught in the comparison trap. No, no, <laughs> never. No, no. Yeah. I'm completely <laughs> mentally balanced. Yes. Um, you know, I actually I I told the story in our book um, in chapter four, I believe we were talking about comparison to contentment and how to kind of go to a contentment. Mm-hmm. I told a story about. So I was shopping with my son. And anybody who has a child that's on the spectrum or that has sensory issues understands like clothes usually are horrible. And he's very much, he's very short of stature compared to his peers. And, but he was at the age where he didn't want to go to the baby section, even though those are the only clothes he could wear. And he wanted to go to this one store. And so we fought and fought. It was misty out. I was in like some nasty yoga pants. I just remember I had a t-shirt that was all stained (laughs) and my hair was up in a messy bun and no makeup. And I hear a voice like an aisle or two over in the parking lot. I am the back hatch of our car had broken. So I was holding it up with my back while I'm trying to disassemble (laughs) the wheelchair and shoving it in. And he's mad. And it was just a whole mess. And a couple rows over, I hear somebody that I know and I recognize the voice and she's like, yep, I just had to go in buy a purse and then I'll be there in a couple hours. And then I hear, woohoo, girls be good. And I just about lost it. Mm -hmm. And I got in my car and I just cried and Mm -hmm. I'm trying my hardest not to completely fall apart. And it just... I was so jealous. I mean, I was just mm-hmm. absolutely jealous. I'm like, why yeah. can't I go on a girls weekend? Yeah. And she, you know, she climbed in her luxury SUV and all of this. And so I just had to stop and say, okay, what is the real problem? You don't have a problem with other people having nice cars. That's not it. Yeah. So, because like Amy said, everything becomes the issue. Then mm-hmm. it just, it spirals. And and I, I wasn't jealous of what she had. It was, I was just in my limited view. She had it so easy where I had it so hard mm-hmm. and I wanted to know why. Yeah. Why can't it le- Why can't you at least fix the hatch? Give me something, <laughs> yeah, throw exactly. me a bone like something. <laughs> or stop the misting you know? rain yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or send down clothing that fits him <laughs> yeah, that doesn't yeah. have tags. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. That's yeah, not a lot yeah. to ask. Just no. one thing. Yeah. Just one thing. Well, you know, we touched on this a little bit, but about social media and about how that impacts how we um, compare our lives to others. And 
So how have you seen that play out for you? And do you ever just take, like, I, I take long social media breaks. Like I've been off social media for quite a while. I, I'm back on for the month of November for something we're doing with Rising Above, but I will probably turn it right back off, you know, when we're, when we're done with that. But because I just, I know how it makes me feel. In fact, even when I logged in, just to get logged back in, I could I could literally feel my anxiety go up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is ridiculous. But I could feel it. And I'm like, this is not good. I don't, you know, I don't want to do this for very long, for sure. So what about you? What's your relationship with social media? And do you take breaks from time to time when you feel yourself starting to go to the dark side? Amy, what about you? Uh, definitely. I am not a lover of social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carrie and Sarah will tell you that. I bemoan <laughs> Instagram and all the yeah. things. Um, <laughs> I find that when I'm tired is when you have doubts and fear and comparison. It's also when I'm scrolling because I'm tired mm-hmm. and I don't want to <laughs> pick up a book or anything like that. I just actually did an interview that we're going to air next week of... Um, Jody Gerling, she's a special needs mom, and she was talking about how she um, uses a coloring book, like an adult coloring book. And I was so struck by that because she says it gives you control over picking the colors and um, it gives you something to do besides doom scrolling or scrolling. So for me, finding things like that, Mm. I have to put it down. And I have an app on my phone called Freedom which means you just, once you lock it out, you can't get on it. Ah. But I think it's important that you yeah. realize that we, you're doing that at times when you are probably already a little bit mm-hmm. unguarded or a little bit tired. So that in its own right is a time to go, this is not a time I need yeah. to look at this. Also, you get to choose who you follow. Right. And you get to choose when you're on it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important to put down our phones and look about us. There are, mm. of course, there are gorgeous pictures on Instagram of the sunset. But if I'm looking at that, guess what I'm not looking at? Mm-hmm. The actual sunset yes. outside my window. Yes. <laughs> and I think we forget yeah. that. And so for mm-hmm. me, taking a break, going outside, I'm a big outside mm-hmm. girl, finding the beauty. And I don't mean that as like a I trite little saying, like, go find the beauty. No, seriously, mm-hmm. going out, my feet in the mm-hmm. grass, looking at the moon. Totally. Immediately. Makes changes my, everything. It yeah. changes everything. And I, yeah. I think that's because we're embodied people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we can have great friendships online, but we need to be where our skin is sometimes. Mm, totally. <laughs> and I think that's really important. Wow. Yeah, that's so true. Okay. I'm a colorer too. Like I have, mm-hmm. I have my coloring books and I have these really cool markers and, mm-hmm. you know, I've invested in things because that's life giving to me. It's just mindless. I, I will put an audio book on. And listen mm-hmm. to an audiobook and color while John Alex sitting by John Alex and he's watching a video or something. And so yeah, I, I'm a I'm with with that guest that you had mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Sarah, what about you? What's your relationship with social media? And again, I think it's just maybe with our age, we understand that life will go on without the algorithm. Mm-hmm. So um and I always I think of the analogy of a movie and I see all of the behind the scenes stuff with my movie. If you're in it, you know all the nitty gritty aspects of lives of our life from start to finish. But when you're on social media, all you're seeing are someone's highlight reels. Yep. You're seeing their, their the perfect trailer. They pulled the best thing from their day mm-hmm. and are going to put that out there. And it makes you want to go see it. And it's kind of like that movie when you go see it and we're like, well, that was the only good thing about that movie was the trailer. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's it. And I just think we're... We, I have to remind myself, I never know the entire story mm. behind something. So if mm-hmm. I start to, cause I, I just do, I feel that coming up in me and sometimes I have to be on social media. That's just where, um, I have clients that I handle mm-hmm. their social media. So I have mm-hmm. to be on it. Right. And so I just tell myself, I, that picture could have taken a hundred takes to get <laughs> yeah. it just perfect yeah. Yeah. because I know I do it. Uh-huh. And, um, but we as take heart, we take a sabbatical every year in August. We don't check. We take a sabbatical from everything except for each other. We don't mm-hmm. talk about anything to do with the business of it or the ministry. And that's really important, I think, too, because I know that when we come back, we're always like, oh, that yeah. was really good. But it takes you a while mm. To decompress from it too, to step back. I mean, because you just can't stop it. And but like Amy said, you have that app, Amy. Um, 
I have, my phone goes on do not disturb at nine o'clock every night. Like my husband and I found out very early, we've been married 26 years. We found out very early that nothing good comes of any conversation after nine o'clock. <laughs> like we just, we don't fight. We don't, we table it for the next day and we carve out time for it. And I think mm-hmm. that's the same way with social media because like yeah. Amy, you, I think you nailed it. When you're looking at it, at least in our lives, it's the rare moments that we get to sit down. It's our way of disengaging from and mindless scrolling and mm-hmm. everything. So um, I find I, I color as well. But I was the I was the kind of mom even before diagnosis that I had my own crayon like, box. It's like <laughs> it's such a relief. But it, it, yeah. it's very um, it helps me like it when when I'm feeling scattered. It's like really organizing. It's mm-hmm. like like you said, you can pick the colors you want to use and you can create your design and. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So try coloring moms and listeners <laughs> if you haven't done that. So, well, Carrie, let me ask you, do you have guardrails in place? You know, things in in place to help you avoid the comparison trap. So, I have to admit that I am not as good. I don't think I'm do as as well of a job as Sarah Amy with You're comparing the guardrails. <laughs> right That's true. I am. <laughs> We caught you on tape. <laughs> Good call, Amy. <laughs> well, I, I mean, but in all honesty, I do feel like this is an area of my life, at, at least with social media, especially where God has been like kind of giving me like, you know, some of that conviction. You need to work on this a little bit and put the put the phone down. But this, immediately when I was thinking about that question, I thought about that verse in Second Corinthians that said that we take every thought captive to mm. the obedience of Christ. And I probably some of the guardrails that I have set up for myself when I want to spiral down that comparison trap is I start, I try to pause and start to ask myself questions. Like, why am I feeling this way? Like, mm-hmm. what, what's at the core of this? Is it guilt? Is it shame? Am I feeling worthlessness because I'm not measuring up or like what lie underneath these emotions am I feeling and where did that come from and what does God say about that? So that's Mm -hmm. kind of because I feel like when you start to feel especially a lot of jealousy, Mm -hmm. there's always something deeper Mm -hmm. and so I think about that scripture and, and I think even just, again, I know probably this gets repeated a lot, but it's just that practice of gratitude, like you said, of flipping mm-hmm. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yes, my child can't walk and he's in a wheelchair and we're having to deal with all these parking issues, but I know a lot of families that, you know, maybe they're in a rougher situation than we are or... Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have been blessed that we can afford to have a van with a ramp and I don't have to pick him up all the time. Or e- even today, the day of this recording, I had to take my son to the orthodontist. And on the way there, I said, do you want to go back by yourself? And he said, yep, I I can do this by myself, mom. And I asked him, I said, do they help you transfer out of your wheelchair, you know, into the the dentist chair, orthodontist chair? And he said, yeah, they do. And even just, I had five minutes, probably 10 minutes in the waiting room with a book while he went back by himself. And that was just this little tiny piece of joy mm-hmm. on the way home that I thought, that's good. Like, this is good. Mm-hmm. This is a blessing yeah. from the Lord. And it, it doesn't seem like this huge thing, but that's kind of a guardrail of just, okay, how do we flip this? And how do mm-hmm. I take this thought captive? And what am I, yeah. what am I believing? What's the lie I'm believing underneath this? Mm-hmm. So good. Do either one of the others of you have any guardrails in place that you, um, that help you to not get stuck in that trap of comparisons? Um, well, first of all, I just want to go back to something. I, I'm going to answer that question, but I just was thinking about something Sarah said. She said, my child is thriving in ways that can't be measured. Mm-hmm. And what if we took that question and said, I'm thriving in ways that can't be measured mm-hmm. on Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm. What if we turn that question on ourselves? Yeah. And I think that's the guardrail. Where yeah. am I thriving? Where do I see beauty? Where are the mm-hmm. small moments of joy? Um, because like I said earlier, once you start down that path, 
man, everything's colored ugly. I mean, Mm -hmm. everything. (laughs) So I just wonder about, I hadn't thought about that until Sarah said it, but just like I'm thriving in ways that aren't recorded Mm -hmm. in the algorithm and paying attention to those, I think, and asking ourselves those questions, I think is important. We need to print that out and put that on our mirror, (laughs) (laughs) on a card in right in front of us every day. So true. I love that so much. Yes, we do. We need to remember that. That I mean, people and things that people don't see either. You know, mm-hmm. people people don't see in our lives. Just like the, you know, in our families, a lot of things that people don't see. And so, so true. Mm-hmm. You know what I love, and you know, Carrie, you mentioned a verse that's meaningful to you to help you flip. And there's um, a section in Philippians two that kind of talks about um, ways that we can have the mind of Christ, the same attitude of Christ to help us flip. So I'm going to read a little bit here and then we'll talk about, we're going to break it into two parts. Did you know Rising Above has an app designed for families raising children with special needs? The app includes a prayer wall, respite for your mind, messages of hope, and so much more. Click the link in your show notes to download the mobile app in your app store. But this is Philippians 2 one through four. And it says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. And so when we think about those verses, how can that help us keep a godly perspective um, as we're raising our kids with special needs? I, I think with these, I love actually the the NIV version that you, you just read was if then. So therefore, mm. if you, and then verse two starts with then. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so if then is always action. And so there has to be an action to it. And and I think that we think sometimes it's just my thoughts and that's just what it is. But my grandma always used to say, you are what you think. Mm -hmm. You become what you do. And so if you're always thinking about the negative, you become negative. Mm -hmm. If you're always doing negative things, you become a negative person. And that always stuck with me. And because whenever I would say something, um, I'm a tad sarcastic and I would, I always had, I had a mouth on me since I was little. That was always, so maybe I didn't really take it for what she meant, but (laughs) she'd always say, you are what you say, (laughs) you are what you think. But I think too, it's, so if there, like the ESV version says, so if there is, and I just think that that, there's an expected outcome that Mm -hmm. follows that. Mm -hmm. So if there's any encouragement, comfort, love, affection, sympathy. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm butchering that, but you know, these are the instructions that Paul had to the Philippians. Mm. And so this particular verse, these, those particular verses, I are Paul emphasizing how to reframe your attitude and your Mm -hmm. thoughts. So how we as Christians think is vital to how Mm -hmm. we are as Christians or how we as Christians live. Yeah. So if there is a fill in the blank, then we are to reciprocate that. Mm-hmm. So if there's encouragement, we are to encourage. If we are, if mm-hmm. we receive love, which we receive all those things from Jesus right. Christ, and we're to reciprocate that to others. So good. Any other thoughts on that from Amy or Carrie? I just, I, it's almost, it's almost like Paul's being a little bit sarcastic. Like if there is encouragement in Christ, if there's comfort <laughs> from his love and, and sympathy and affection. And we know there is, and especially Mm -hmm. when we've been on this journey, as long as we have the three of us, I feel like we have this responsibility to be faithful to the kingdom Mm -hmm. calling that God has placed on our lives. And, you know, sometimes if I spiral in social media and I've found that sometimes when I'm having a hard time, what God's calling us to do is, to have the same mind and the same love for them Mm -hmm. and, and not to sit in that comparison because I have been given so, so much. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read the next verses, few verses, because it talks about 
what the mind of Christ is, kind of what the mindset of Christ is. And so it says in your, this is verse five through 11. It says, um, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And so here's where we're going to unpack what that is. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So when we look at that, what is described as the attitude of Christ? What did he do that we are inspired to do through his life, what he did? Well, obviously he was humble and he could have demanded a lot of things Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he's God. And when I read that, I think about when I'm looking at somebody else and thinking it must be nice and their life's so great and mine's terrible, um, I, I'm I'm dishonoring the life that has been given to me, number one. Mm. And number two, one of my favorite quotes is James Bryant Smith says, I am one in whom Christ dwells and delights. Um, and the person that I'm looking at, like, must be nice, is somebody else whom Christ dwells and delights. Yes. So I think that's so important to remember that Christ loves and died for Susie Smith across the street that you're kind of mad at because her life seems mm-hmm. like it's better than yours. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think if you start looking at that dynamic, I think that changes how we um, would approach comparison because I don't I don't want bad for her, obviously. And if I'm a Christian mm-hmm. who follows Christ, Christ is loves her. And so I should love mm-hmm. her. And it says the verse before that you read at the beginning was we get comfort from Christ's love and mm-hmm. I think that's important to remember that we are comforted and this is our journey. And looking at other people in such a negative light really detracts from us. Yeah. It doesn't do anything for anybody mm-hmm. else, but detracts from us. And I think that humility of going, this is my journey. And this person over here is who Christ loves too. So I don't have any business throwing shade at her. Or wishing she had a little yeah. bit more than me. Because yeah. <laughs> she got to go get a before. purse and go on a, go on a girl's trip, right? So, yeah. Right. <laughs> For me, if I could jump in, the word that comes to mind when I read that is fairness, like unfair and fairness. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times when I personally am struggling with comparison, it's because I feel like life's been unfair, even that God has been unfair Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. But yet when you look at that with Jesus, Jesus made no claim to anything being fair. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. he was obedient to even death on a cross, which I believe in that culture was considered, you know, the worst, right, type Mm -hmm. of death to experience. And I know a lot of times I can get caught up in how caregiving is such a struggle when you are Mm -hmm. kind of a lifelong caregiver in certain aspects. And it feels very unfair to sometimes having to do things for your kids that, you know, other kids their age can do for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I love, we go to a family camp every summer and the director of that family camp, his quote is, we look most like Jesus when we serve. And so I'm learning that a, first of all, life's not fair. God never promised it's going to be fair. And secondly, that if I want to be like Jesus, I need to humble myself and serve Mm -hmm. my kids, serve my Mm -hmm. child with disability and serve my family. Mm -hmm. So good. You know, ladies, if you were sitting down across the table having a cup of coffee with a mom or a dad who had just received a diagnosis, what would you, what kind of counsel would you give them to help them try to avoid? They're there. It's really, you know, it's always going to be something. Whether we have kids with special needs or not, comparisons are part of this journey. But what would you say to them to try to help them um, not be as susceptible to being caught in that trap um, as they're starting their journey. Sarah, you got anything that comes to mind? I would say first, not to shame yourself over those feelings. Mm-hmm. Don't um, don't compound 
those by saying I should be a better Christian or I should be a better friend. Or, I mean, I literally ducked out so I didn't have to see that friend in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a good friend. <laughs> and I immediately packed on the shame on the car ride home of mm. I should be a bigger person than that. I'm a better person than that. And that that's pride. And, um, but I, that's what I would say is to understand that God gave you those feelings too. Mm. And usually, um, I, Amy, like you had said, you have some feelings that or things and thoughts that happen that, you know, that's when you need to kind of redirect where your soul is, mm-hmm. where are you standing in yourself? So my first thing would just be, accept the feelings for what they are and be grateful that you acknowledge that the feelings need to change. Mm. And then, mm-hmm. because I think it, it's the people who don't acknowledge those feelings um, that I think have it worse off um, mm. because they don't understand that that needs to change. Um, so that would be my first thing. And yeah. then when we talked about it, um, a gratitude journal, I would, mm. Um, mm-hmm. even I'm a journaler, but even if you don't journal, even if it's just a notebook mm-hmm. that you have or, you know, post-it notes, whatever it is, I have dry erase markers that I put on my, um, in mirrors all over my house. And, um, so even if it's something like that, but so when I got my son's diagnosis, when we received his diagnosis, I was really angry at God for a long time. I mean, angry, angry. And I started this 30 day gratitude challenge or whatever. And I thought, well, it can't hurt. I can't be any more angry. Mm-hmm. And so the first few days, I literally, you had to write three things every day that you were grateful for. And I remember just because I'm competitive, I didn't want to skip a day. So <laughs> at the end of the day, I was like, what was I? All right. I'm grateful for a bed mm. and a warm blanket and coffee. I get coffee tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And coffee was on the list a lot. But then I realized once you get into that mind frame too, it's like what, mm-hmm. like I said, my grandma said, what you think is, you know, how you are. But um, I, once I started, I didn't have to search them anymore. They became abundantly mm. clear to me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there was more, there were more things to be grateful for. There were, there were just, there was more joy. There was more gratitude. And mm. um, so as corny as it might seem, even if it's just say for the next 30 days, I am going to write down three things I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. And if that is coffee and flip-flops every single day, because <laughs> it was, it was coffee and flip-flops every single day for a good two weeks. But then eventually I was like, oh my gosh, the flowers are gorgeous. Mm. Oh, my husband said something really nice to me. Oh, the neighbor cut our yard. I mean, it was little things like that that mm-hmm. I started to realize I was just not seeing them. I just wasn't paying attention to them. Mm. What about you, Amy? Well, I'm going to piggyback on what Sarah said a little bit about the gratitude journal. If you aren't a writer, take a picture. I mean, I did that for a whole year. I took a picture every day of something. But I would say, yes, it's going to happen. But I think a really good practice is is noticing, naming, and speaking truth. So first of all, noticing, like for I said, I get resentful. And then you name it. I'm feeling resentful because I saw this thing on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then you speak truth to it. Mm. Um, I think it's whether that's whatever emotion you're feeling, grief, anger, you can na- notice it, name it. And also, I think it's important to say the story I'm telling myself is everybody's life's better than mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is what I know to be true mm-hmm. is that there are, there's beauty in my day today. Yeah. So a lot of times when I'm mentoring moms, I'll say that like, okay, I know this seems overwhelming and you have all these feelings, but let's start with noticing then name what it is, mm-hmm. and then speak the truth to it. And just that little jotting it down, saying it out loud, saying it to a mm-hmm. friend, I think kind of pattern interrupts that mm-hmm. line of thinking and gets us yeah. to the other side of it. So good. Carrie, what about you? I think I would tell that person to not be afraid to grieve the times when you mm-hmm. feel like mm-hmm. your child yeah. is less than, or mm-hmm. they're not keeping up with you know, your sister's kiddo who is crawling and, and yours isn't because I I know Amy said notice, but we do have to, and Sarah said this too, we have to validate those feelings and we can't just move past them. We, ca- we cannot just move past the losses. I think sometimes comparison and those feelings of spiraling and self-pity can build up and build up and build up because we're not taking the time to, to still name the loss 
And Mm -hmm. instead of just going, okay, well, it's okay. We'll just keep going and move on. But we, not that we want to sink down into this, you know, pit of self pity, but there is so much to, and so much research around naming that loss and grieving what is, what is going on. And I would say Mm -hmm. also just kind of be like the horse that has the blinders on, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, like set (laughs) up those guardrails because Mm -hmm. your journey is going to be your journey. I know Mm -hmm. we say this a lot in the world with kids who have spina bifida that, and I know it's said in other diagnosis, like it's a snowflake condition. Each child is uniquely different and each path is going to look uniquely different. And that is true Mm -hmm. about every child who is born, who has a disability or mental trauma, Mm -hmm. all of that. And we just have to put the blinders on and just keep our focus on God. Yeah. Well, throughout this whole series, through this podcast series, we have ended each episode with a flip side practice for the week that we're giving our listeners to do, try to, to try to implement in their own lives after they listen to the episode. And so, you know, we talked about guardrails and Carrie, you just brought that back up again. And so our flip side practice for this week is to look at your life and see what kind of guardrails you have or you don't have in place. And then ask God, what do you need to put in place? What are things you may need to, um, add to your life or maybe things you, you know, maybe it's staying off social media for a while. Maybe it's, um, you know, of just, like you said, changing that mindset, whatever it is, ask God what guardrails you need to have in place to help you avoid the comparison trap. Because as we said at the very beginning of this, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. And we have so many things in our life that pull joy away that are hard and are challenging. And we need to do everything we can to have that mindset, to have the same mind of Christ and to remember his truths. And so friends, I thank you so much. I know you all are so busy and I'm just really grateful that you would take the time to come on this episode and share your wisdom with us. And I'm just so grateful for you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, Joy can be found in every story.